The questions you've all been asking are now being answered. Welcome to another edition of It's All About Who You Know, where influential people talk about sports, faith, and more. Your host is a former Oregon State wrestler, an MMA fighter, and a wrestling coach. Brought to you from Las Vegas, Nevada, here's your host, Christian Robertson. Is that good? Yeah, that's good. Okay, cool. Trent Miller, what's up, buddy? How's it going, Christian? I'm glad dude, to be here. Dude, I'm glad to have you here. Michelle, you getting good video? Okay, I'm going to break the fourth wall real quick and bring you into it. So, okay, so you you had a pretty big meeting today. Yeah, man. Uh, I just had an interview for the Ultimate Fighter. How was that it? That was exciting. Uh, it was good. It was shorter than I expected, only 15 minutes, but it seemed like the guys liked me. It seems like... Uh, I might be making an appearance on this next season ultimate fighter that's exciting you think so i think so i think uh i'm gonna win this whole thing and be, be in the uoc in a few months we'll see there we go there we go well now it'll be it'll be 185 205 what are they because the ultimate fighter they usually do guys bump up a weight class but not at the upper weight this would be a middleweight so okay. uh it's 85 and i can't remember for sure but i think the other weight class is featherweight Okay, so they're doing two weight classes this year. Yeah. Now, do they have they announced the coaches yet? They have not, so I have no idea. Okay. Um, now I've got to ask, what what kind of questions do they even ask in the interview? I mean, they asked me a little bit about fighting at okay. first, barely, just like, oh, so your record's five and zero. Oh. Uh, you just fought recently and you won. That's awesome. They didn't really ask too much about that. It was mainly like. What was your childhood like? What was really? uh, what made you become a fighter? What what made you decide that you wanted to fight? Mm -hmm. They yeah. also were intrigued by the fact that I was a straight A student, a uh, salutatorian in high school, and then now I work for Chippendales and fight MMA. I was gonna ask you about being a go-go dancer and what that's like. <laughs> well, considering I don't have to dance and I leave my pants on, it's oh, okay. You know, it's mainly just talking to tourists and. Uh, taking photos with them okay it, it, it can be exciting though it can be interesting it depends on the people you know you meet people from all over the world so uh i get a wide variety of uh different personalities and cultures in there right so okay so with the ultimate it seems like with the ultimate fighter because you said they didn't even talk about your fighting like they've probably seen you fight they're probably like you know this is reality tv what um like what was your what was your takeaway from the whole thing? Like, did you feel like you did a good job? Did you feel like 15 minutes? Like, you think everybody capped off at 15 minutes? How does that work? You know, it's hard to say. I feel like I did a good job. Like, they sounded like they were going to move me to the next round of interviews. Okay. Because they pretty much said, we'll probably interview you again in late January. So I don't think they would tell me that if they weren't planning on moving me along. Mm. I think they would have just ended the call. So I, okay. I think it went well. And I do think their questions were more towards like childhood and background because they probably want to find people that are one going to have some type of drama added to the show. I mean, yeah. at the end of the day, it is reality TV. Right. If my background was too clean, they probably wouldn't want me. Right. Now, how does your wife feel about that? Because it's like two, was it two or three months in the Six house? Six weeks. Six weeks. Okay. You're in the house. You can't communicate with anyone, right? 
Is that how it is now? Is it still like that? Because I had Ryder on here, and when he did it, like you couldn't do anything. Like the only yeah. thing you could bring was like a Bible. Yeah. So it's uh, six weeks, uh, no outside communication. I believe, like, I, from the seasons I've watched in the past, they let people like do like one video call at some point during the mm -hmm. season. Yeah. And they also let you write letters. Okay. Um. But yes, my my wife has mixed feelings about it. She doesn't really okay. want me to really be away for that long right but she also said on the bright side i'll have less dishes and cooking to do so you know she's happy about that what i've always wondered when people go on reality tv because they don't pay everyone's rent like how does that work because you think like these fighters probably yeah. like a paycheck to paycheck yeah i don't know um i've heard other fighters talk about it because uh i guess i should ask right i briefly heard julian arosa say something about it because he was on the ultimate fighter too yeah and I think he said he got paid like eight thousand or something. Oh, but, the whole for the whole time, for the whole show. Oh, so you do get paid the whole time. But I'm not a hundred percent sure. I could be misremembering what exact number he said. But he did get paid to be on the show. Really? And then, okay. like, assuming you fight in the finale, that's on an actual UFC card. Obviously, yeah. you, get, you get paid. You get paid UFC dollars yeah. there. Huh? That's interesting. Yeah, that that would be because like if you go on and it's like six weeks and you're not getting any paycheck, like that obviously isn't going to work out. Yeah, yeah, there's yeah. no way they could. Yeah, so it must be, okay. Yeah, so it must be like a situation where they pay for like basic expenses and everything while you're at home. Yeah, I would think so. They they get they're giving you something to yeah. be on there. Now, now, do you know anything about the people that one interviewed you or the other people that they interviewed? Um, I mean, I know uh, my manager Roman had a few other guys that were getting interviewed for the show. Okay. One other guy at my weight class. Okay. Uh, so it could be potentially that we end up fighting each other if we both get on the show. Yeah. That could be interesting. Yeah. Uh, apparently, Roman specifically asked them, though, like, if we're both on the show to let us, like, somehow make it so we are on different, if we're in the opposite team, that we're not fighting till the end. Mm, gotcha. Just put you, like, complete opposite side. Yeah, of the but, bracket. you know, he probably has little control over that. So we could end up being the first fight on the show if we both get on there. Who knows? Yeah, yeah that, that would be interesting. Yeah. No, that's a weird, that's a weird spot because – you know, you think about like, I remember Ryder, I think he won, maybe he, I think he had to fight to get in the house and then he lost his first fight. So he's like there for five weeks and didn't end up, you know, like you're five weeks and it's like, you're obviously you're training, but you're not training for anything. You got to keep your mouth shut. It's just a weird, like, it's a weird process being on the ultimate fighter. Yeah. I, you know, I hope I get on there though. And I look forward to it. Cause I think of it as like, six weeks of like dedicated training like six yeah. week training camp i mean yeah plus you get a few fights in between like that experience is so valuable yeah like i can't even even the, all the training i've done between my fights like each fight in itself is its own learning experience right. you know like boxers professional boxers or more tie fighters you think about how many fights they have like right. they try to line up fights back to back weeks sometimes right. if they're healthy because that experience is so valuable it's right. hard to replicate that in the gym, even when you have hard sparring. It's not the same as like having that actual fight experience. Well, like in wrestling too, you know, like we always told our kids, like you've got to go, excuse me, you got to go wrestle. Like you can't just be like a practice room guy. Like you've got to go work it out and like you got to go figure things out because there's this a certain level of fatigue that you won't hit in the practice room. And it's no matter like how hard you go, like how hard you train, like how tough you are. Yeah. Like there's not like there's nothing that will simulate like going and wrestling five matches in a day like there's just nothing like your, your forearms like i never got my forearms never got tired at practice 
but a minute into every match, my forearms would just get smashed because it's like you're gripping, you're trying to hold guys. Yeah. And sometimes you get like so much anxiety and so much adrenaline that you're like doing it too hard. And you just like you basically blow your wad. Like that's what we say. Like you blow your wad and it's just you're you're just shot. Like you can't do anything. A hundred percent. I mean, I've experienced that adrenaline dump and like using too much energy too quick in when I wrestled and then also in MMA fights. Yeah. My second amateur fight, because my first one went so so quick and I knocked him out or, well, I got a guillotine. It could have been a TKO if I would have yeah. followed up with punches, but I followed up with a choke. But I won that in 20 seconds without getting hit. So my second one, I was like, I'm going to do the same thing. Right. I'm out there swinging for the fences. But he ate everything I threw at him and then kept going. And I just was so tired by the yeah. end of it. Like, I could barely hold my arms up. Like, I've been gassed in training to where I feel like I don't have anything left. But right. I literally had nothing left when that fight was over. This was your am second, second amateur? amateur fight. Okay. So that one's on YouTube if anyone's interested in watching it. If you just look up Trent Miller MMA, like, you will see that one. And it was pretty, pretty good fight. Bloody. Yeah. Back and forth war. So are you going to start a YouTube channel? I mean, I have my channel. I just haven't started right. uploading consistent videos. I want to start doing that, though. Dude. I definitely want to yeah. uh, start posting some technique videos, uh, maybe break down more like what my training camps are like leading up to fights. Yeah. Well, that would be cool if you did like a leading up to the Ultimate Fighter house. And then like, you know, everybody sees you on the Ultimate Fighter. So like, let's say um, you do like a vlog series or like a technique series or something leading up to it. And then you get in the house and everybody sees you while you're in the house. Can you feel, you can't bring a camera or anything, right? I don't know. I'm not sure about Like that. imagine like, I wonder if they would let guys like vlog. Obviously you can't like edit or anything, but like. Yeah, I can't post it while I'm there, but maybe I can record stuff while I'm there. Yeah, I, I doubt it. I, I guarantee you can't. Cause then that's just like so much, you know, cause the coaches get their training camp in too. And it's like, what can you, yeah, I doubt it. But um, it wouldn't hurt to ask though. It would not hurt to ask. And especially now, like in the social media age, like everybody's trying to monetize themselves and probably 50% of fighters have a YouTube channel, but yeah, no, I think you could do it. So my, um, but I was saying like you, you do everything leading up and then people don't see you for a long time. You start talking about the ultimate fighter, then they see you on the ultimate fighter. So it just builds like you're already getting, you know, traction with your YouTube channel. And then it just builds after that. That might be, be awesome. That might be something to think about. I don't know. That way I get that initial like decent following on the, on the well, YouTube. yeah. Even if you only have like a couple hundred subscribers, at least if you have that channel and then people can go back and look like, Oh, he made vlogs like leading up to the ultimate fighter house. Like let's go check these out. And then they see you on the ultimate fighter. And then people that are watching the ultimate fighter have some place to go watch you. And it's just like this. So I don't know. I think that would be kind of cool. Yeah. They kind of, it kind of builds off each other, yeah. but I mean, I guess it depends on what you want to do with your channel though. Like if you're looking to do technique or vlogs, cause some of that stuff, you kind of have to niche down a little bit, not yeah. always, but like, it's really hard for YouTube to promote a channel that's doing like MMA technique and doing like vlogs, you know? For sure. It's weird. The algorithm is weird. Cause I was doing that for a little bit. Like I was doing my podcast and my vlogs on the same channel and it just wasn't getting like you know you'd get like four or five thousand views on a vlog and then like 10 views on a podcast because that's not what people came here for and then ne the next vlog you put out youtube's like well we don't really know what your channel is so we're not really promoting it that much because hmm. the last video didn't do well it's a weird thing so yeah it's just one of those things where you maybe got to make separate channels and then connect them to each other well that's <laughs> what i had to do um so now i have the podcast channel 
the vlog channel, which sometimes I post podcast clips just so it gets more traction. And then, um, and then now, which you've been helping me out with, and actually I want to talk about that too, because it's been cool, but the, the strictly wrestling channel, um, which like the last two days is like been not blowing up, but I've gotten like a hundred and something subscribers in the last like two or three days. Yeah. It was at like 80. And then the last two days it's at, I think now I just looked at it, it was like 220. So that's been a big help. Go. Yeah. Glad but like, with that. no, it's been cool. It's just like, a, it's been like really consistent. So, okay. So you were at the PI earlier. Uh, I was at the PI yesterday. Okay. I'm going to go back there today though. Okay. So what happened? So you were working with, I don't so I've actually helped her with a couple of videos now. Nina Drama, okay, who is a now a popular uh, UFC personality, and uh, what is, I don't know, I've I've seen like thumbnails with her and Sean, but I don't know what she does. I mean, she basically is kind of like a reporter, kind of like Laura Senko or any of those other. Uh, oh, maybe like a Helen Yee type or something yeah, like that. Just like kind of like, like that, but interacts she, her, with the her fighters. Reviews are a little bit different in the sense of like I feel like they're more less about fighting and more about learning who the fighters are kind of okay so she hasn't done any interviews with me yet because she only really does that with the ufc fighters but i've helped her do a couple different clips for like i was in if you look on her instagram i was in a couple clips with DraftKings and her that she okay. promoted okay so i did those um Can you pull that camera a little closer to your face or the mic yeah the yeah. mic mic that's what yeah but I was in a couple of uh, videos like that on her Instagram. You can't even see my face in one of them though, because like I'm wearing a wig and I'm wearing a, a like a sports bra because I'm supposed to be a woman MMA fighter. Oh, yeah. so like making fun of that whole, was it like making fun of the trans issue or? No, oh, okay, it's gotcha. supposed to be like, she basically is getting into a fight with some woman that's just ridiculously like jacked out of her mind. Oh, gotcha, gotcha. And then, uh, they just did another one yesterday I was helping them with, and it was for the to promote the new UFC video game. Hmm. So uh, we filmed for that, but then they realized they wanted to get some different uh, content that we didn't film yesterday. So I have to okay. go back today after this to go help them finish that up. Now, how'd you make that connection? Uh, Roman, my manager, set it up. I don't know. I guess she uh, reached out to Extreme one day and was like, I need a fighter to help me uh, film content. And uh, were they just looking for like somebody that was super jacked or? I think that was part of it. Okay. Like someone that has like a, yeah. okay. Like a bigger frame. Yeah. I think, I think that definitely helped. They wanted someone that looked fit and okay. I guess, I don't know if I would say like a fighter because lots of fighters look so different, but right. I don't know. I guess on video, it helps to have a very muscular physique. It makes it look better. Gotcha. So they want it. They, I don't know. They wanted me. That's cool. So I've helped a few videos now and it's, it's been fun. Yeah. It's really, it's really funny honestly like yesterday's video i was also wearing a wig and the the sports bra and stuff it's really funny there's so many fighters at the ufc pi yesterday like different people that are in the ufc mm -hmm. training walking by our the octagon while we're filming this looking at me ridiculous looking when ridiculous. was this this was just yesterday no no i mean what time because i was at the pi yesterday too oh were you oh yeah. you were there yeah you you trained wrestling like in the morning kind of though huh yeah 11 so yeah we were there at like six Oh, you were there at night. Yeah. Yeah. They do a lot of content stuff. There was a few other people like in the octagon and stuff working and doing stuff. And I'm just like, is this like the only time you're ever going to do jujitsu? Like, it was just one of those things. You're just like, what are they doing over there? But yeah, I don't know. It's been fun though. It's, it's real, it's real funny doing those, that content. What, um, 
how long has that been going on or how long you've been helping her out with her stuff i mean i only did two videos before this last one so this is my third time okay uh, helping do any of that does she have a big production team or is it just like a it's couple? like her 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 boyfriend and her boyfriend's mom and one other person oh, oh really they got everybody relation is yeah gotcha you ever train at the pi i've trained there a few times actually have when you? i when i wrestled at unlv too one time we did a we did like a kids wrestling camp that we helped coach at the pi so that was pretty yeah. cool that was the first time i ever went that was damn i was 21 or 22 so that was like six seven years ago so oh wow the first time i went to the pi what was so you've been fighting because you had like six fights this year didn't you did you have your five you had five fights this year my first pro fight was last december okay and then i fought in february and then i did september november and then december all finishes yeah all first round finishes uh four knockouts one submission and you just fought uh, last week last yeah, saturday last, on friday yeah yeah and first round finish right yeah yeah guillotine yep it was a guillotine i thought i was gonna win that fight by knockout so did everyone else online too mm -hmm. like if you go on topology and you see the that was the odds like everyone voted i think it was like 360 people voted and i was on there like a favorite by like 80 something percent but everyone voted that either me or him were going to knock each other out and then there was like one or two people that picked that i was going to win by submission that guy's not a couture guy is he that you, you fought? fought no what's his name tall black guy right oh i would never be able to pronounce it man oh he's got like a big like a long african name doesn't he yeah yeah, yeah. okay Osayaman, oh something where's he something. from i don't know where his nationality is exactly but he fights out of california did okay wasn't there something on like mma junkie uh some article i don't know if you looked it up but i think i looked it up isn't didn't he get like kicked out of his old gym or something they were like that I was like there was an expose on that, that. i well, did see something about that but i don't know the details well, okay he, i think oh, crap i'm trying to remember now because i was trying to remember which guy you fought um because I, I wasn't able to watch it i had to work but uh i think what happened was he was like he i think got kicked out of his old gym for like not training consistently or something and the coach was mm -hmm. like yeah this isn't gonna work out and he said it was like the best thing that ever happened to him i don't know i read that actually too really i, I did see that when i was looking into him before we fought and i didn't i don't know all the details i don't know why i got kicked out or whatever but he did say something about like going to this new gym after getting kicked out renewed some yeah type of love for training that he had and made it more consistent and better and he was good i mean he was a strong fighter like that fight was tough i was really frustrated early on because it was so hard to close that distance because yes yeah. i'm 511 he's 64 yeah and he had a crazy reach and every time i blocked one of his kicks like i wanted to counter and close that distance but every time i blocked a kick it felt like he was so far away that i had no chance of touching him oh really and it was really frustrating it took me about a minute minute and a half into the fight before i really started to be able to connect any shots but once i did hit him a couple of times mm -hmm. i think he felt that i had enough power in my hands to take him out so he was like i need to shoot and that's oh what that's what happened so he tried to wrestle with you yeah now did you okay so i like i said i haven't seen it did, when you went for the guillotine did you fall back or did you do a standing guillotine how'd you get it so when he so he shot a double leg off of a combo I threw I stepped in and threw a cross and an uppercut the uppercut missed so barely too when he tried to level change oh really like I you would have smoked him a still frame photo of it and my hand is literally like up against the side of his head because I just <laughs> barely missed it and yeah I wish that would have hit because that probably would have been a knockout but 
I missed that. And then he lifted me in the air with a double leg. Actually, I was like up on his shoulders and I just felt his neck there. And I grabbed an arm in guillotine. I grabbed his arm and his head. Oh no. And snatched it up. And then I locked my legs around him and, and basically pulled guard with it. Cause I just knew I had it. You had it. Yeah. It. There was no point. Yeah. yeah. So I grabbed it, made sure I got my guard locked. So that way he couldn't like hop to side control or anything, get out of it. And yeah, he was in, he tried to, he tried to put his hand over my face and like, mm -hmm. He actually almost like scratched my face a little bit. I have a couple of little scabs on my eyebrow and like under my eye because yeah. his nails like scratched me, trying to like push me off of it. Oh geez, were they a little yeah. long? His nails. I don't. I don't know if they were long. Yeah, but like they usually the ref tried to like smack his hand off my face because he was like on was my own, you? gouging me, trying to Jeez. get my head off of him, or trying to get me off of him when I was choking him. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, no, it didn't matter though. Once I had it in, I was like, I'm squeezing until this guy's out. Now, do you think you'll try to fight again before you get word on tough, or are you gonna try just wait until they say something? You know, Roman said he wants to get me another short notice fight, maybe for January if possible. Oh, really? So it is possible. Like literally after that last fight for yeah. LFA, like the next day, Roman said he had so many fight offers for me. Oh, really? What did LFA yeah. say? Did they offer you anything? LFA wanted to sign me to a contract. Oh, okay. But Roman didn't want me to do that. Okay. Because assuming I do, I did that. If I did sign, like, let's say I had you're a stuck. fight contract with LFA. Yeah, you're stuck. Yeah, I'm stuck. I'm not, I wouldn't have been able to audition for the Ultimate Fighter. Oh, you wouldn't even be able to audition. Yeah, literally in the paperwork for the Ultimate Fighter, they asked, like, are you under, are contract? You under contract with any organizations? Oh. How many fights do you have left? Like, oh, so that's probably why it's best to wait until you're under contract with like because if you sign a three-fight deal like let's say the ufc wants you after your next fight or yeah you know like something happens it's like no you're you're under contract you can't break that agreement right exactly oh shoot so like that's great because especially with us in vegas and you being close to weight like that could happen like you're five and oh you know the ufc could say hey we had an undercard guy pull out yeah, they you could know, potentially can... call me in even before the Ultimate Fighter starts up, and I could do that. Like, yeah, well, they they always call Couture. Like, that's yeah. probably the first number they call if somebody in Vegas misses weight. It's like, hey, do you have anybody not under contract with someone? Or, oh shoot, I haven't even thought about that. That's kind of crazy. Yeah, so that's an option, man. That could happen in the next few months. That'd be crazy. Why'd you end up taking five fights this year? You know, the goal was originally four. Okay. Um, and then I fought December, I fought February, and then I had a couple injuries uh, leading up to that fight in February and then afterwards too. And I took a little bit of time off to kind of heal those up. And I was like, damn, I might not fight again this year. Like, mm -hmm. I honestly wasn't sure if I'd get one more fight this year or yeah. what. And then I fought in September, had a knockout in 40 seconds, didn't get hurt. And I was like, I'm healthy. I might as well fight again soon. Had that fight very beginning of November. Got a knockout in the first punch. I'm like, I'm healthy. Might have fight again. <laughs> like 16 seconds or something like that. Yeah, yeah. That one was like 16. So I had a 40 second knockout, then a 16 second the next month. So I'm like, might as well fight again ASAP. Like, right. you know, while I'm healthy. And then got that fight lined up last week. And uh, yeah, I mean, I'm as long as I'm healthy, I want to fight as much as possible. Yeah. You know, I want to build up my record. I'm still under 30 years old. I don't want to wait till I'm yeah. too old before I have a record good enough to be like in the UFC or right in the UFC. Yeah. At least fights. Yeah. Well, that's what kind of what I was thinking of. Cause I've, you know, I've had a few injury setbacks and then with COVID and everything, there was a setback there. And I was like, man, I think I need to fight six times this year if I'm healthy to really like fast track, you know, do one quick amateur fight just cause I haven't fought in almost a year and a half. Yeah. And then, 
you know, just like bang out, like basically what you did, like just bang out a bunch of pro fights and, you know, fast track it as quick as possible. And which I mean, honestly, yeah, I think yeah. that's the best route to take. Right. It's just so, you know, it's funny because as fighters, like we always put off this like persona and people ask me like, oh, do you get nervous today before fight? I'm like, no, not really. I get nervous. like at the weigh in, like when I'm making weight. And I'll tell you when I get the most nervous is when they send a contract with somebody's name on it. I'm like, like that to me, like my last two fights, like that was the worst day was when I got it. And I'm like, it's real. Like once I sign this, it's, it's happening. Like there's no, like there's no way around it. You feel that way? I can agree with that. Yeah. I mean, whenever I've gotten a contract, it's like, okay, I signed on this dotted line. It's happening. Like, yeah. that means I'm getting into the cage with someone in a couple weeks or a month yeah. or two months, whatever the the length of time is. I'm like, right. so yeah, the signing the contract for sure brings some nerves because you're like, now it's real. Right. Now I have a face. I have a person that I got to focus on for the right. next month or two. Mm -hmm. And I would say that definitely adds some anxiety. And then yeah, the weigh-ins too for me, like. I get more nervous about, even though I've never missed weight. Yeah. Just the thought of like having to cut that weight. Yeah. Is always like dreadful. Yeah. I kind of like the process, not that I like cutting weight, but I like that because it alleviates some of the stress coming into fight day. It's almost like you've got one big battle, which is making the scale. And then, then you kind of get to celebrate a little bit because now you get to put on 15 20 pounds whatever you cut you know some guys cut freaking 30 pounds it's crazy yeah and then you know and then you go fight and it's almost like the fight is a lot of times the easy part it's like if you just think about it the right way you're just like i just gotta fight you know yeah i, I mean know. the fight should be the fun part as right a fighter it's the part where you actually get to show your skills show your skills and do everything you've been training for in the gym and really go out there and i mean it might sound messed up to say, but it, it it's fun to hit someone in the face. <laughs> it it's like it's weird because when you hit somebody, I mean, up until like the third or fourth round, you're like you're. It's really hard to be present in the cage. You have that same, or you? I mean, you're you've got a few more fights than me, but like, I don't know. I feel like once I do step in the cage, I'm very dialed in. Well, I'm not talking about that. I'm like saying. Like right now, if like I punch my hand, I'm going to feel that. And I'm going to be like aware of it. But if we're like, if we have a contract, we sign and we fight, I punch. Like, I'm not aware of that. Like, it's it's almost like it's a weird, like, it's like a sub blackout feeling for me. Do you get that same way or no? I get what you mean. Okay. I mean, I would say when I'm in the fights, like because of the level of adrenaline and everything, like, right, I don't really feel the punches or the, the pain of yeah. anything. It's more like. That was a hard impact. Right. It's going to hurt later. Like I know yeah. that. Like I didn't even notice when my, my lip got split open this last fight. Like really? I had a need in the mouth. Yeah. And my lip was busted open really bad, which should have hurt really bad. But I didn't notice I was even bleeding or my lip yeah. was messed up until after the fight was over. I spit my mouthpiece out and my hand was just covered in blood. Yeah. And then I was like, oh. Yeah, my I had lips that, busted open. I had that happen at my first year of college in the dorms. Guy hit smoked me in the eye. And I just felt like dripping down. Like we got into it. And, you know, you, cause you kind of go, you go into that fight or flight. So you're not really like, you're not, you're almost like laser focused into the task of like this person, like somebody, yeah. like if you get in a fight, like somebody could, there could be a shooting down the road, but like, you're focused on like what's going on. It's a really weird, like if nobody's ever had it, it's kind of a weird like sensation, but I didn't notice my eye was bleeding. I just like, I thought somebody threw it cause somebody threw a water bottle during the fight. And I thought that's what it was. And then I mm -hmm. looked and my like my eye was just cut. Like, I mean, I had like an inch gash right here. 
And I was like, oh shit. But like, you don't notice those things like when you're fighting. Yeah. And I would say your memory is blurred too, because yeah. like I've had fights where after I won and got interviewed, I'm talking about the fight and I describe something that happened in the fight. And then I rewatch it later. And I'm like, that's not how it happened at all. <laughs> that's not at all. Like, and I didn't, I wasn't even in, in those instances I'm talking about, I wasn't rocked. I never really got yeah. hit hard. It wasn't like I was out of it that I didn't know what happened. It yeah. was like, it's just so chaotic in the environment of a fight that like, yeah, actually memorizing that everything that happened immediately after is very weird. Difficult. Yeah. Well, and it's, it's, you know, like I, I, I'll use the example of like sparring, like when you're sparring, you're aware of like other things, you know, cause you're not like as dialed in as you possibly can, because for whatever reason, like a fight, it just, you, it your fight or flight just like initiates it's a, a level really of consequences like it, in a sparring match you're usually not going to get knocked out you're usually not going to get cut out right you're not you're not supposed to get hurt and right but in a fight like what is the that? goal is to hurt each other yeah but like what it, but you know what i'm talking about though right yeah. like that weird like not there's nothing else like people talk about like i can't even hear my coaches you know and it's like but normally you can hear your coaches normally you can hear you know like a pen dropping but because you're so dialed it's weird i don't know my last fight I got dropped with the first punch and and then I had to come back from that. I mean, I didn't win, but I still like it was a back and forth fight. But I just remember I don't remember anything other than the ref saying go or fight and then seeing his knees and being like, this isn't where I fight. Like I, I recall being like the same height as this guy at the way and why the hell am I on the ground? Like this isn't good. Like, I just remember thinking that it was like, ah, oh, that's probably I should probably stand up. This is yeah, so you were rocked, I'm assuming. That first punch, I and I watched the video, I don't remember it, but the first punch, I watched the video, he like stepped and then hit me over the head and hit me in the back of the ear. And I like went like this and wobbled. Yeah, it's one of the spots that will mess up your equilibrium for sure. Yeah. I've, I, I mean, my first sure. professional fight, I, uh, I did get rocked. Like I got hit with an overhand right in the temple because mm. I didn't take this fight as seriously as I should have probably. I... When I faced off against him at weigh-ins too, like I almost laughed in his face. So I was like, I can't believe you think you're gonna fight me. Like, oh yeah, you shouldn't have signed that contract. I'm better than you in every way. Like, not to even sound cocky, but like, yeah, I felt like skill-wise, I was a better striker and grappler than this guy. It's overlooked him a little bit, but like because of that, I threw like some lazy punches that like mm. weren't really trying to even hurt him. I was just kind of like trying to spend time in the cage and like. Just experience get some experience yeah. and not even try to finish the fight at first. Right. And I threw a lazy jab that he threw an overhand perfectly timed and everything and threw yep. all his body weight behind it. And it hit me in the perfect spot. My legs went out from under me. I did a couple front flips, rolled around. And <laughs> I got back up to my feet. And like in the fight, my recollection was like, we were fighting. I had him up against the cage. And then all of a sudden, I just remember feeling like I was underwater fighting, like or like in a oh, bad dream. Yeah, when you're trying to punch in your dreams and you can't actually punch. Oh my god, it's <laughs> the worst. And that that's how it feels in fighting sometimes. Like when you're in a fight, that's how it feels. It's like, why is this not happening? I remember, um, yeah, my last fight, I was just like putting like as much as I could into it, and it just it felt like a dream. That's okay. That's a really good way to explain it. Is it like it feels like a dream when you're in there? Like, I, well, you don't really notice it when you're in there because you're not really. I yeah. mean, you're present, but you're going more into like what you've trained. But when you get out, you're like, that feels so weird. 
Especially when you're rocked too. Yes. <laughs> yes. Especially when you're rocked. I didn't even remember I was rocked. They interviewed me after the fight and were like, you seemed hurt there for a second. I was like, I was never hurt at any moment. What are you talking about? Yeah. Right. I had no idea. I watched the film that same night and it was like, Oh my God. Like that was so bad. The only, I think, I feel like the only thing that brings you back to reality is like a really bad leg kick or like a body shot where you're just like, Oh, that hurt. Yeah, yeah, I would say the body shots and the leg kicks are the one thing you kind of do feel the pain of. In the yes. Moment. It's funny how that is because, like, I heard someone describe it like this before. I don't remember where I heard this, but, like, when you're punched in the head, it's almost like taking a shot of alcohol and you're, like, more ready to go. Yeah. And then, you, but you get hit in the body or you get kicked in the leg and it actually takes the wind out of you and take, like, it, it, it painful. Yeah. But the, the punches to the head, you just feel the you impact feel and you're, yeah. like more ready to fight as long as it doesn't rock you yeah well people don't realize i mean if you take a shot to the nose it kind of hurts i think in a fight i haven't been hit in the nose in a fight but i think in a fight it's maybe a little bit different but i like, broke my nose in a fight yeah did you feel it um during the fight it was more the impact afterwards okay. it definitely hurt okay. um i would say because i fought when i that second amateur fight i told you about earlier yeah. that was when i broke my nose in the fight okay and then i fought four weeks later in another fight while my nose was still broken oh shoot that second fight after i went into it already broken yeah. then it hurt when i got hit in it okay. i don't know what the difference is there but maybe it's yeah. because i already knew it was already. broken and it was i already knew it was hurting before the fight yeah, yeah, yeah. and and when i got hit it was like right at the beginning before like the adrenaline really picked up mm -hmm. so that time i did feel it gotcha yeah it's a weird it's weird because like when you talk to normal people do you tell people you're an mma fighter I don't like it's not a first thing that comes up, but yeah. like it definitely does come up sometimes. I'll go to the gas station wearing like my gym clothes or something. Yeah. And like if somebody came up to you and was like, Hey, what do you do for work? What do you say? For a while it wasn't like my first thing, but now yeah. that I I mean, I'm a five and oh pro. So I think so, I've I've earned the right finally to be like I'm a professional MMA fighter at yeah. my line of work. And I don't even think because I'm I'm kind of the, you know, like obviously I, you know, we train every day and um but and you're you have you know i haven't had my first pro fight and you've had five so um but i mean i have been paid like i've been compensated with like sponsorships and stuff like that but so i technically consider myself an, a pro fighter but i don't say it so i was just curious if you said it or not because sometimes i feel not awkward about saying it like in a like oh i'm not confident about it or anything i mean i think there is like a level like if you're in the ufc i'm, I'm in the ufc you know but if you're lower, it's almost one of those awkward things. Like, do you want to explain to somebody that, well, I've, you know, I had my first pro fight, I'm one and oh, or whatever, like, oh, how much to get paid? Well, like, do you want to explain to somebody that it technically is a side job, but it's not? I don't know. It's it's one of those weird things where I'm just kind of like, ah, I coach wrestling. Like, leave me alone. <laughs> I I'm your Uber driver. Like, let's just leave it at that. I get I, what you mean. I, I would say like one one area where I do end up having to describe what I do when I, every time I get a haircut, if it's if I'm going to a mm. new barber, a new stylist, or whatever, like what do you do for work? What is yeah, that? I'm like I actually do a lot of different things. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, that's how and I, I just kind of list off every single thing I'm doing to get paid. Like yes, and and I get annoyed like it, not that I'm annoyed by the question, but to me it's like okay, I've been paid for fighting, I've been paid for YouTube, I get paid to drive Uber. Like I get paid to coach wrestling. It's like, I just got to pick like, you know, yeah, like it's, I just, it's hard. Cause you're listing off so many things. It's like, 
I usually explain like the goal is to be a fighter full time. Yeah. Right now for me. Yeah. I'm like, that is the goal. Yeah. I am getting closer and closer to doing that every fight. Right. But I do these other things on the side in the meantime is kind yeah. of how I usually explain it. Th that's how I do it too. I like tell people, well, you know, I'm an MMA fighter, but I'm like, I, I do this stuff to pay the bills because fighting has it, you know, does it, it's, I'm not at that level yet to have it compensate me. Mm -hmm. I think that's probably the best way to explain it. Yeah, I would say that's usually how I go about it. But it's always awkward, especially if you're talking to older people. Yeah. And you're like, oh, I'm an MMA fighter. Like, what's that? Yeah. You ever run into that? Oh, I mean, for sure. I've I've explained it to people, or I say I'm a fighter, and they're like, they assume boxing usually yes. first. Yes, it's always boxing. And then I explain MMA, and usually if I say the UFC, they're like, oh, so you're a UFC fighter? I'm like, well, no. Yeah. I'm trying to get to the UFC. Yeah. But there's a lot of lower level organizations before then. And they're like, yeah. oh, what organization? Yeah, like, people don't never would have heard of most of them. Yeah. <laughs> Do you ever run into, because I run into this a lot. I mean, I, and I, I mean, you're, but you're in the, I mean, you meet a lot of people. You probably talk to a lot of people doing the, the Chippendale stuff. I don't know how much like mm -hmm. interaction goes on with that. Do you get a lot of like interaction with people or is it more like, hey, let's take a picture? They're brief interactions, but okay. they're, I mean, it fluctuates from group to group, but some groups we get to talking a little bit more, yeah. you know, like ideally when I'm out there, I'm hustling and I'm going next group, next group, next group right. as much as possible. But uh, I definitely get interaction. I mean, I show up to work with black eyes and stuff all the time from training. Yeah. So it's kind of funny being like a Chippendale model, but then showing up with black eye or I, I went out there with my nose broken and things before too. And yeah. It's a conversation starter, at least, because yeah. people were like, what, what the hell happened to you? <laughs> Is that, see, because I would feel like a job like that, one, I think very differently of the women that do it versus the men, because the men just have their shirt off, and that's, like, normal. But the women are, like, wearing pasties. And nothing. <laughs> yeah. Like, I, I think, yeah. like, I think, and you, you can bring up what you want. You can say what you want. Like, I'm, there's a, this could be a, a debate if you want to have it. But like, I think that there's a different moral standard, like with the women that do not because they're not Chippendales. They're they're usually like strippers, aren't they? Um, I don't think all of them do. I think some of them do. I think a lot of them do that full time, though. Like they make good money standing out there on Fremont, just taking do you, photos. Do you think there's a moral difference? Uh, yes and no. I mean, I think. I'd be worried about being a woman being out there because it'd be more dangerous, I think. OK. Um, Honestly, because people are just unhinged and people try to get away with stuff all the time. Right. Honestly, it's crazy how, like, if guys out there doing that job, like, yeah, we're usually wearing jeans, so right. we're just shirtless. I mean, we're wearing more clothes than we would if we went to the pool or something. Right. But then, yeah, like you said, I mean, the women are usually wearing, like, pasties and a thong. That's, like, yeah. most of their, that's pretty much their uniform. Some of them wear more, some of them wear less. Yeah. And it also depends, like, I don't know how far they take it to with certain things like people at my job can take the interaction further like sexually than I do. Yeah. Not every one of the people that I like a couple, me and one other guy are married at my job. Really? And then the other people, some of them are in relationships, some of them aren't. So yeah, some of them maybe push the interaction further, like through their, their words or whatever than I would. Okay. So, it, I mean, you can kind of have that, like, nuance to it as far as, like, how you interact with people. Gotcha. But I usually am just, like, I mean, I try to make it very clear. I'm wearing my wedding ring out there. And yeah. And, like, 
And if they if they if I ask a couple, oh, can I borrow your wife for a photo or whatever? And they're like, oh, she's married. I'm like, I'm married too. Don't make it weird. Yeah. The pictures were out here. It's like going to Disneyland and doing a photo with Mickey Mouse. Yeah, except <laughs> Mickey Mouse has. It. <laughs> except Mickey Mouse has his dick out. What? I'm just kidding. Well, I know like you I said, got the jeans on. I know. I, I know. On. I know. I'm just messing with you. I I don't know. I, I try to get the guys involved too. Like I try yeah. to make it like I try to keep it the least like uh, sexual. Yeah, I well, try, that okay. I, so I, I get your boyfriend's husbands involved. So okay, so that's where I think is like where it's where it would be different is I don't think there's any way for the women that do it to not make it sexual. Whereas I think the men that do it, like you're saying, can make it not sexual. Like when people go up, does that make sense? Yeah, no, hundred percent. I get, I get that. Um, and I definitely think. I mean, it depends on the person I'm interacting with too. I definitely have brought women in to do photos that try to take the interaction further than I want it to go because mm. they're in Vegas and they think there's no rules. We can do whatever we want and try yeah. to like be extra and Does that ever their top off or whatever. And Oh geez. Yeah. Does that get awkward? It can. Yeah. It definitely can. I mean, I'm used to it at this point. So like, how does your wife feel about it? I mean, she supports it in the sense of like she realizes that I'm pursuing my dream of fighting, and this is and the like way to pay this the is bills. like paying the bills. It's very flexible. My my boss at my job is an ex professional MMA fighter. Okay, so when I'm like I have a short notice fight next weekend, yeah, like I need the days off. He's like done. Mm. If I was to use my degree and get like a quote unquote more serious job. I wouldn't be able to have that flexibility with my schedule. I wouldn't be able to dedicate as much time to training. Right. So like, because she realizes like my end goal, it kind of justifies like what I'm doing now, if that makes sense. And she also trusts me, which is a big part of it. Like if I feel like if, if I didn't establish that level of trust between herself and I, like it wouldn't, uh, it would, this type of job wouldn't fly for sure. Yeah. Because I I could definitely see how someone that had less uh, strict morals than I do yeah. out there could take advantage of being in that position. And is there guys that do, that use it as like kind of a way to pull? Oh, I mean, most of the guys I work with, especially if they're single, like are using oh, they don't that care. job to pick up women, one hundred percent. Really? Does, yeah. Do they? I guess they probably don't care. Like not the guys. I'm saying like the management probably doesn't give a shit. Oh yeah, they don't care. They're like, as long as you're not, as long as it's not getting in the way of our sales and everything. Yeah. As long as it's not you're gay doing sex the job, on the Senate yeah. floor. Yeah, yeah. Did you see that video? Wait, or did no, you hear about this? I didn't. Oh, some Senate staffer like was having gay sex on the Senate floor. I didn't watch the video, but I heard about it. <laughs> I, I didn't watch it yeah. once. <laughs> Gotta watch it twice. No, no, but you didn't hear about this? Uh, I think I did hear something now that you say it, but I did not like look into it at all. Oh my gosh. I think I maybe read like read an article in passing or something. Do you get into politics much? I hate politics, man. Really? I hate politics. One of my best friends is a politician too, but like I just Democrat or Republican. It's funny because I would say I vote usually prim primarily Republican, but yeah. he's Democrat. Oh, really? You so guys get funny, along? It's funny how we get along so That's well, cool. but our political views are so drastically different. Yeah. But we're both kind of the mindset of like, just because we have different political beliefs doesn't yeah. mean we're like the other person's a bad person, which is yeah. crazy how some people think that, you know what I mean? Like you have a different political view than me. So that instantly makes you a terrible person. Right. And I feel like so many people think that. Yeah. And it's such a closed minded view to have. It's a weird one, man, because. It like I have my lines in the sand, you know. Like I, I, 
we do, we are like, I'm not changing unless you give some hardcore evidence on this. Like my mind is not changing, but I don't think that like means we can't debate or we can't, you know, I mean, I, I could have my mind changed. Like if somebody brought like really good evidence and like had a really good point, I could, you know, change my mind. Like, you know, one of them for me, like my biggest one is abortion. Like I, I will probably never vote for somebody that is like pro-choice. Like that's just one of those things for me morally. Like I feel like evidentially that life starts in conception and I feel like, like I need to, like I, it's my part to at least speak that and, you know, vote that way. You know, like that's one of the hard lines in the sand. Like I asked my wife on our first date, like if she was pro-life or pro-choice. Cause I was like, I'm not going to waste my time, like trying to change your mind on this. If I don't like, I'm not going to like say, Oh, you're a you know piece of crap, all this stuff. But like, um, but I'm not going to like spend time unfairly trying to change your mind because I think a lot of people do that. They like meet somebody, they hook up, they are completely unaligned. And then, but because of the, like the infatuation that goes on with like the first stages of dating, they overlook it. And then, a year or two down the road with kids, you know, whatever. It's like these issues start to come up. Like you're seeing right now, like with the trans issue, like people are getting divorced over this. Like people are losing their kids over like the trans issue. And uh, yeah, it wasn't a huge issue, like even five years ago, 10 years ago, but now it is. And it just feels like they could have done a little bit more due diligence of finding out where this person stood on like certain moral issues. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like people need to have those hard conversations with their partners before they, become that serious and yeah. intertangle their lives with each other like yeah do you yeah. have any hard lines in the sand like politically or spiritually or man it's hard because i think there's a lot of things like even abortion i think is nuance it's a gray area there's yeah. a lot of gray area and a lot of these political issues yeah. and it's hard to say i have too many hard stances on certain things okay and, yeah, i don't know yeah i feel like i'd have to be asked specifically like what I felt about a certain situation mm. in particular. And then I could be a view, be like, because of this so-and-so like background or whatever. Yeah. I would say, you know, I, I don't know how to explain it, but I don't really have too many hard lines in the sand with those yeah. things, but I definitely do. Usually I would say tilt towards like more right-wing ideals politically. Okay. What is your view on abortion? I think in certain circumstances, like if it's endangering the health of the mother, mother yeah. or incest or mm-hmm. like some kind of rape situation, like, rape, yeah. like I do think those are situations like where I think it's okay. It's a conversation at least. Yeah. 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 What about, so, okay. So you would you say like your stance on that is those are on the table to talk about and then the others that are out of convenience are just completely wiped away yeah like i get i get sick when i see like i've seen videos of of women being like i've had 40 abortions or something and i'm like okay you shouldn't be using that as a form of birth control Mm, yeah like yeah that's not what it's there for like the right like the when when it's being abused yeah, it's kind of like the welfare system, for example. I right, think it helps people that need it. Yeah, but there's people that abuse it. Right. Do you think it's just one of those issues that we're not gonna like? It's like guns. Like it's either you can have them or you can't. There's no like middle ground. Like with abortion, it's like either you can have an abortion 
at any stage or you can't have it at any stage. And there's no room for conversation because of how polarized it is. I do think most people just think too black and white with any with yeah. anything. It's either one extreme or the other. Like it's there's not a lot of people that have that the those nuanced views, I guess. Yeah. And then I guess when you're passing a, a law or whatever, it's hard to be more nuanced. Yeah, there's not really room for gray area in laws. Yeah, it's, it's hard. It's like it has black to be one white. way or the other. Usually. Yeah, it's like I also think like the war on drugs, for example. I think there's things that are illegal that maybe shouldn't be. Maybe they should be legalized, but put in a way that's like we can monitor it. Yeah, that way kids aren't dying of like uh, fentanyl and stuff like that. Yeah, well, see, I think that should be fentanyl should be illegal i think as yeah. far as but like something like maybe psilocybin mushrooms mm -hmm. i don't think that's deadly in the same sense as something like heroin or meth right you know what i mean yeah. like and i think alcohol is worse than a lot of illegal things you know yeah oh, sorry go ahead keep going i mean i don't really have much else to say about that but i do think yeah. alcohol which is a very illegal substance causes more issues than Things like marijuana, which just recently got legalized. Right. You know? Right. You know what I think a huge problem is? Is you can't get, you know, let's say you're a Democrat and I'm a Republican. You know, it sounds to me like on the abortion issue, like most Republicans are like at at conception. Like that's where we want the, end, the line to end. And most Democrats is like, you know, anything after that, it's fine. So let's just say for like sake of argument, you're a Democrat, I'm a Republican on this one issue, right? Because you probably lean a little bit more you're not like fully like every situation for an abortion is evil. Mm -hmm. Right. I think the problem is, is like, you can't ever get a high ranking Democrat or a high ranking Republican to just sit down and say, let's, let's just talk it out. Let's figure it out. Like everything's a hearing on the Senate floor. Everything's a debate. Everything's this like, you know, like we're on camera. So I can't be wrong and you can't be wrong. And now we just have to fight it out and let the audience decide whose ideas are better. Whereas it's like, I personally, like, I, like, I don't agree with you on the abortion issue. I think that um, it's, it's conception and that's where it is. And if it's life at that point, then it's worth defending under any circumstance. And the only leeway I really give is like, if the mother is going to die, but usually like having done some medical studies and going to EMT school and stuff, like there's not a lot of cases where that happens. It's more and that the the option is always to try to preserve the life of the baby as well. But if you can't, then like if you can't preserve the mother, like mother's life comes first in the baby's life. But that's not like a thing that really happens much. You know, it's like it's rare. And and usually they don't do an abortion. They do like a life saving like, um, you know, they try to like deliver the baby early or you know induce labor. And you know you just can't deliver a baby that's twenty weeks, you know, twenty weeks developed. Like you just can't do it. So that's when issues happen but and i but i think like i'm not like shouting you down about it and you're not shouting me down about it you know it's like yeah, you're I, entitled to a view yeah like how do we come to an agreement you know hmm. like that's i think that's where the problem is is like this this social media age of well you're an f and pos because you think that we should kill babies and it's like maybe withhold some of the judgment and just let's just have a conversation like let's sit down where do you think life starts when do you think it's worth protecting, you know? Mm -hmm. yeah, that's tough. And I also think the loudest people on social media are going to be the people with extreme views. Yeah, yeah. That's the other hard thing. I think there's a lot more people than we think that have these more moderate views. Right. That just 
aren't shouting it at the rooftops, right? Like, you know. Yeah. Well, and I think you know, like if you look at the comment section on YouTube, it's usually one way or the other. It's like, man, you're effing awesome. I love you. Or you're you're a piece of crap. Like I hate you. I hope your family burns in hell. Like there's no like, hey, good job, bro. You know, like like there's no there's no like lukewarm people commenting on on social yeah. media. And that's where probably like sixty to seventy percent of people lie is like that lukewarm area of like, you know, I just kind of want to live my life. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know it'd be a, it would be a better world for sure if we could find more middle ground on on issues. It's not going to, not everyone's going to be satisfied. Yeah. But I do think those middle grounds would make things a lot better than having one extreme or the other. Yeah. Yeah, no, I agree. So no hard lines in the sand. Like, did you, like, do you and your wife agree on politics, religion, like stuff like that? Was that like a. I would say when we first started dating, she was definitely a lot more left leaning in her politics. Okay. I think she's come around to being slightly more right-leaning yeah. i think i've also went from more right to a little bit more center yeah i think we've kind of started to meet in the middle yeah. isn't that funny how that happens i was listening to something the other day it was saying that gen z uh boys are the fast like the the furthest right demographic and gen z girls are the furthest left demographic and i feel like naturally That's men are isn't that weird do you feel like naturally men are more conservative and women are more liberal? I do in my experience yeah. for sure. Yeah. It's weird. I, cause I've become not more liberal, but there are certain things where my wife has taught me cause she's not liberal by any means, but my wife has taught me to have more compassion about certain issues and certain people and, you know, to have a little bit more patience with people. And and I think like compassion and patience, like is more of like a, a liberal philosophy and in theory, at least. Yeah, no, I get what you mean. I do think, you know, it's good to have someone that balances you out in a way. Right. For sure. And, uh, you know, my wife came from a different background than me. I mean, she was a professional like ballet dancer at one point and like was going to a liberal arts school for that. So, oh, really? She was in that kind of, you know, surrounded by those people that usually have those more left leaning ideals yeah so like and i grew up in las vegas but my parents were both more republican for sure so that kind of like i was surrounded by the more right-wing ideals where she was surrounded by more of the left-wing ideals so we kind of have developed like showed each other both of our point of views we've talked about these things before and kind yeah. of have come to more of a middle ground yeah did you find it now you guys are both from las vegas you said no she's from north carolina Oh, that's right. That's right. You did tell me that. I remember that. Gotcha. She's from North Carolina and she and was more left. Flying out there tomorrow too. That'll be fun. Okay. What what kind of plans do you guys have for Christmas? Um, I mean, it'll be her first Christmas with her, with her family in several years. Okay. So uh, that was kind of my Christmas present to her was I bought us flights to go to North Carolina. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. So uh, it'll be fun spending time with her family. And she has a large family. My family's a lot smaller. Um, but her family, she has like she's one of like eight siblings and Dang. yeah that's crazy i know some people like that i was actually at dinner last night with a guy that has uh seven kids and and not religious at all so like he says the first question he always gets is are you mormon He's like nope not mormon <laughs> not jehovah's witness not christian not catholic like we just we just do our own thing and enjoy making babies yep yeah <laughs> it's the process that's fun right the it's not the not the kids that's fun but the <laughs> like the making them part it's terrible. 
did you watch UFC 296? That was this one this last weekend. Yeah, with, uh, yeah. Covington and Edwards, right? Yep. Oh, yeah, I, I did. Did you put money on it? I didn't. I haven't bet on a fight in a long time. Actually, the last time I think I bet on a UFC fight was, it was so long ago. It was when Conor McGregor knocked out Jose Aldo. Really? And I 2015? For, and I bet for Jose Aldo to win. How old were you? Like 17? I think I, mean, I was in a... If it was 2015, I would have been like... 18? I would have been 19. 19? Okay. When did you graduate? 13? 14. Oh, you, okay. So you're a year older than me. Yeah, it would have been I would have been nineteen or twenty when that when that fight happened, and uh, I think I probably gave my brother money to place the bet for me. Or something. Oh, gotcha, gotcha. When you get to the UFC, are you allowed to place bets? No, you can't bet I on think fights they at all. Used to be able to, and then I think they recently changed it because people were kind of abusing. Well, it was it. was it Kraus, Robert Kraus that was doing I it? It was James Kraus. James Kraus, that's yeah, right, that's right. I, yeah, I don't know exactly what happened there, but. You know, apparently, you know, as a coach at some of these big gyms, you kind of have insider information. Oh, yeah. You know, a fighter's going to a fight or injured or. Dude, there's like know. 50 fights that I've been like, man, if I bet for this, because there's been fights that I knew were going down from inside our gym that I knew were not going to happen because of injury. And it like took a couple weeks for it to come out. And I was like, man, I could go put a hundred bucks on this to not happen. And I'd make like 10 grand. But, you know, obviously you're not going to do that because that's insider trading yeah no it's it's hard uh i even i asked actually because i just fought this past weekend in my right. fight because it was for lfa actually where there were odds on the fight mm -hmm. and uh i thought about placing a bet on myself because even though i on topology it showed me that as a favorite when the actual betting odds came out the other guy became the favorite somehow really yeah i was like so i ended up being like plus like 250 or something okay and I was like, oh, if I can bet on myself, like I'm gonna more than double my money right now. And what'd they say? But uh apparently, I don't know, I looked into it and it's it's like I probably wouldn't have got caught if I did it, but I didn't do it just because technically I guess I'm not supposed to. Okay. So you can't, yeah. I didn't because I wanted to bet like a few thousand dollars on myself to win. I feel like you should be able to bet on yourself. Yeah, and I thought you used to be able to. I remember Justin from our gym bet on himself to win his fight and James losing. Yeah. Oh, he, that was like one of the last times when the UFC we were still allowed to do it in the UFC. This is like a year or two ago now. Oh, when he was still with him, he, yeah. He bet on himself to win. He bet like fifty thousand on himself to win. Justin James. Yeah. He bet fifty grand on himself to win. Yeah, and then it didn't work out. How much money does that guy have, dude? That's like a Drake bet. But yeah, that was like <laughs> fifty grand. Yeah, it was like his total fight purse. Like I think that was what he was supposed to make to to fight. Oh, geez. And he bet it on himself to win, and then. Like, I think he almost got a knockout, too, in the first round, but then the guy recovered and finished him in the second. Wow. what I remember. But Do you have to go to the bathroom? I got to piss. I mean, yeah, we can. I'm going to hey. go run to the restroom real quick. No worries. Yeah, I might as well.
Oh, we're back. We had to take a little potty break. What were we talking about? We're talking about uh, UFC 26. Oh, yeah. What did you think of the main event? I mean, I was at a Christmas party when we were watching it. So I went over to my coach Roman's house for a Christmas party. And uh, I requested the the fights be put on. So we ended up putting them on. But not everyone was really watching it. I was kind of one of the only people really sitting down and like paying attention to the fights. Yeah. But uh, that main event was, honestly, it made me not really pay attention to it because it wasn't as good of a fight as I thought it was going to be. Yeah. Uh, Colby didn't come out like he normally does in his fights. He wasn't yeah. pushing the pace all the time. Like, oh. I usually think of him as like a cardio machine and just like high output constantly. Yeah. And he was kind of on the back foot backing up like so much. And it was really weird. Yeah, it was, it was, he... And I've had Colby on here before, so I don't want to like, you know, I, I I was not a fan of what he said about Leon's dad. Did you see that whole deal? Uh, Yeah, I did see that. And he got yeah. the drink thrown on his face. <laughs> I, I think rightfully so. I, I would, if somebody said something like that about my father, and it wouldn't matter if my dad was Hitler, I would still <laughs> be like, I don't know. It's just weird. But and we can talk about that in a minute. But Colby looked like I feel when I haven't sparred in like, a year you know like it's just like his shots did not look clean it was like he was mm-hmm. reaching for them all it just he did not look it looked like he was scared to get knocked out the whole time yeah i mean i i could agree with that i do think you know maybe from his last fights with Usman when he got hurt like maybe it did something to him but he fought i mean he, he beat the shit out of Mazdal two years ago i just think two years is a long time to take off that too. I mean, like, like we discussed earlier, I guess, like a fight's way different than sparring. Yeah. So if you aren't having those consistent fights, you're not used to really getting hit. Mm-hmm. Like, even if you are doing hard sparring, it's still like you're even in hard sparring, your your teammates really usually not trying to knock you out. Yeah. Unless or you're in a fight that threat. Yeah. Unless, yeah. <laughs> unless you're going with Sean. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, in an actual fight when your opponent really is trying to hurt you, it definitely is different. And I'm sure he was worried about, like, getting knocked out. I mean, even in my last fight, like, yeah, I knew what I was supposed to do when I blocked a kick. I knew I was supposed to step in and counter, but because that right. distance felt so far after I blocked the kick, I was like, I don't want to rush in recklessly and get caught. Yeah. So, like, it made me hesitate, and it made me not do what I should have done. Right. And I'm sure that same thing was happening to him, like, knowing what he's supposed to do but realizing the potential of getting knocked out stopped him from really doing it right yeah it's the knockout stuff it's like for a fighter it's one of the more frustrating things about the fight because you're like you could do everything right you could train right you could eat right you could be a 10 times better fighter and beating the crap out of the guy but he throws up one overhand and you you go lights out and it's like shit man like what like what there's nothing you can do about that and it's like one of the it's not a scary thing. It's just, I mean, it is scary, but it's not like. It's more scary, like for your reputation, I think. And like for the fact that it's out of your control, you know, to an extent, right? Like you can't train your chin. To an extent. Can you train your chin? You, you can train your neck. And that Does that help you absorb chin? impact? Yeah. Damn. Does that help you with knockouts? 
Yeah, I would say training so. your neck. I would say training your neck and traps, like. But it's your if you get hit on the jaw, shoulders. right? I mean, yeah, but ultimately, you're think about if your head does like this whiplash motion. Oh, your brain's gonna be bouncing around a lot more than if it stays still. Mm. If that makes sense, I think it makes that much of a difference. Yeah, I do think so. Really? Yeah, hundred percent. Why? I mean, there's there's actually studies. Oh, is there? Okay, okay, there are some studies that show like. I forget what it is, but I think like every pound of neck muscle you get, it's like 5% less concussion. Like, oh, really? Something like that. Yeah. Dude, I, I don't know the exact numbers. Yeah. But there is studies on like neck training and like the more muscle you have, the, right. the less concussion symptoms you're going to get basically from impact. Huh. Yeah. yeah. I guess if somebody's got like a pencil neck and they get hit, it's going to fly back and get knocked yeah, out. Yeah, because apparently it's not really like when you get hit, like it doesn't just send the shock to your brain. It's like when your head moves, the side your of your skull hits your brain. Oh, so that's why you're suspended in fluid in your skull. Yeah. You know, so when your head moves suddenly, your brain's like bouncing off the side oh, of your skull. But like, that's what causes the But if your head right? stays still when it gets hit, your brain's not going to move around as much. Mm. That's why Yoel Romero is impossible to knock out. Yeah, when he got his neck fused. Yeah. Yeah, that definitely helps with uh, absorbing that impact, I guess. So. Yoel and Francis, I don't think those two could, like, I physically don't think they could knock, get knocked out. It's crazy. Yeah, it definitely would take a lot for sure. Dude, Francis is so big. I, I keep hearing people talk about how big he is in podcasts. He's 300 pounds. If anybody wants to know how much he actually weighs, it's, it's 300 pounds. I asked him a few months back, or uh, maybe a year ago. I was like, what do you weigh, dude? And he's like, um, two seventy five, and I get down to like two sixty for my fights, two sixty five. But that was before the knee surgery when he got really big. And I mean, I think for the Tyson fight, he was like two sixty five, two seventy, something like that. But I mean, that guy has—I guarantee he has stepped on the scale three hundred pounds before. I wouldn't be surprised. He's huge for sure. I know I've grappled with him a few times and sparred with him. Definitely a big guy. He told me I'm strong. So, I, you know, that was one of the better compliments I've gotten. <laughs> yeah. It's crazy going with him because you're just like, uh, there's, I mean, there's not much, like I have obviously, you know, in my wrestling background, but he's like, he would be probably 40 pounds of muscle heavier than anybody I've ever wrestled. For sure. It's like crazy. Just yeah, like, I mean, I I just counted as a success when I've gotten up off bottom with him on top, <laughs> and like it's not because he has super good wrestling technique or anything, but he's just no. so damn strong. So yeah, like, yeah, defending a takedown from him or getting up from bottom when he's on top was like a win. Yeah, and I tried to take him down and I can't. I shot a double leg on him that was like one of the better doubles I've ever shot in my life, and he's got face planted into the mat. <laughs> just, like I had this brief moment of like, oh my god, I'm about to take Francis down, and the next thing I knew, I was flattened out on the ground. Yeah, <laughs> like, he just sprawled so hard on top of me. You're like, well, that didn't work out. Yeah. So, yeah, Francis is a scary, scary uh, specimen of a man for sure. I used to, so I wrestled heavyweight in college. I was a little bit bigger. I was probably like 240, 245. Um, and I had aspirations of fighting heavyweight when I started training because I was like, oh, I've been a heavyweight my whole college career. Like, I'm going to fight heavyweight. The moment I saw Francis, all those aspirations of heavyweight went away. <laughs> like, one, I remember seeing him knock somebody out probably six years ago. And I was like, oh, I'm, like, I bet, like, like that's the guy I want to fight. And then I saw him in person. I was like, fuck 
that. <laughs> I'm not fighting that guy ever. Get locked in the cage. No, time. never, bro. 205. Like, I'm going to go. I'll go to 85 before I fight him at heavyweight. There's no way. Like, I'm not doing it. It's just he's – there's just certain things that no matter – like, we were talking about, like, strengthening your neck. My bone structure could not take a punch from him, I don't think. Like, I mean, I, I would have to have so much – like, heavyweights that have, like, way bigger frames than me can't take a punch from him. And I'm not like I'm not an like I probably have like a better frame for like 185, you know. Like I'm I mean I'm I I don't think I can make 185. I weigh 230, but there's just, there's just no way. He's just so big. Yeah, it's like at some point. I mean, like heavyweights have more knockouts I think than any other weight class because at some point, like even if you are building up that muscle in your neck or whatever to absorb yeah. impact, like your ability to produce force is going to be more than your ability to take force. Right. Like right. at the lighter weight classes, flyweights, featherweights, whatever, like right. they can throw a ton of punches that aren't going to knock someone out, even if right. they get clean. Yeah. But I, I would say like middleweight and up. Yeah. Most middleweights, light heavyweights and heavyweights, if they land one clean shot, like that's yeah. it. Well, yeah, I think the knockout percentage actually goes up or uh, yeah, it goes up as you go up in the weight class because it's like a sliding scale. You don't necessarily get bigger and more power and get more ability to take punches. It's like Yeah, I think like yeah, I think the ability to produce power goes up faster than the ability to take Yes. Damage. Yes. Yeah, cuz at the end of the day we're we're all human beings mm -hmm. and you have the same like it's the same brain that we were talking about earlier. It's mm -hmm. like but it's just now there's more power. It's like a sliding scale, you know? It like you you could be 250 pounds, but you're you know, you and a 195 pounder are going to take the same amount of a shot. You know, obviously a two, a 125 pounder isn't going to take that same shot. Definitely. And I mean, that's, I think that was one of the big reasons like the, uh, the co-main event went so long because it like both those guys were just smoking each other. Did you watch yeah. the co-main event? Yeah. Yeah. What, what's it? Uh, Pantoja. And then what was the other guy's name? Uh, Brandon Royval, I think. Royval. Yeah. Royval. Yeah. yeah. He needs to work on his defense, his, uh, takedown defense. Yeah, true. They said he had like a 40% defense rate. And it was funny because like during the fight, Daniel was like, man, everybody's taking this guy's this guy down. Was like... You know, it's funny. We were just talking about the knockout power going up at heavyweight. But what about Josh Emmett's knockout of Bryce Mitchell? So I didn't see it. What happened? So, I mean, that man is a featherweight, but he hits like a middleweight, light heavyweight. Like Smoked him, huh? It just was one of those overhands where he put all his body weight into it and and also bryce mitchell kind of leaned forward into it and it hit him square on the chin didn't he like start like convulsing yeah, and have like a seizing seizure. on the ground for sure did, did he, was, he, it was a scary knockout well, okay I, yeah i didn't watch it that was the third fight from the or no that was the opening fight of the main card right because somebody there was a cancellation yeah, and they put it, it on the first fight on the main card okay but yeah no that was that was definitely a scary knockout. That that guy, Josh Emmett, has crazy power for that weight class. I don't yeah. think there's any other featherweight that can hit like that. He hits like a truck. Yeah. Yeah. That was – I did uh, – I read about it, and I saw Bryce – did you see Bryce's response, like, talking about it? Yeah, I did. I did. What did he say? Because I didn't see it yet. Um, I don't remember everything he said, but he – I mean, he basically was saying he didn't remember anything for a while after that. Like, yeah, he was like – I got up from the knockdown. I was trying to talk to everybody and like walk around the cage. He's like, but that wasn't me there. That was like my body, but I wasn't there. 
Because, like, I wasn't aware of anything going on until, like, hours later, basically. <laughs> you know, that's a weird concept of, like, it wasn't me there because you can't remember something. You know, because yeah. it's, like, it really... Like if you if you're like a terrible human, you know, like the kind of the Jason Bourne thing. Like if you're a terrible human being or a spy, but then you wake up one day and can't remember it. Is it like is that you? Is it not you? Like what if you become a completely new person? Like that's a weird thing to think about. For sure. I mean, yeah, it's hard to say. I mean, it's like when I told you I was rocked and my body was reacting without me being able to be there consciously. Mm -hmm. I guess whatever you're normal state that your mind is in is kind of what it defaults to yeah and you aren't able to actually like be in control of your actions i don't know yeah. getting knocked out's weird it's just a weird thing now did bryce say that he has had seizures in the past like does he have a history of seizures or i don't know about that i'm not sure okay how are the doctors reacting because i didn't see i haven't seen it i'm gonna go watch it after this because i you should see it yeah. it's weird huh yeah it was uh, i mean he was down for a while yeah. And like literally he got after he finally got up from it and was trying to walk around, Joe Rogan's on the mic screaming, like, someone sit him down. Like he shouldn't be walking around. Like, oh, really? Sit him down. Yeah, Joe Rogan's on the mic yelling that. Oh, geez. Because he was walking, but his legs were like it was like a baby deer, you know? Yeah. Just walking around, but like stumbling everywhere, trying to like walk around and talk to people. Yeah, you shouldn't be walking around after that. Yeah, they should get you on a seat. Oh, yeah. No, that was like as brutal of a knockout as I mean, you've seen my head kick knockout a couple of fights ago, right? Yeah, I went stiff and that guy had a seizure too. Jeez. Like it was like that, but from a punch and at a way lower weight class. Usually at those low weight classes, the knockouts that are like that are from like a kick or something. Yeah. Something where you can produce a little bit more force. More force, yeah. Unless you're Cody Garbrandt and you, you know, whiz by somebody's head. True, true. He had a good knockout yeah, he too. He did, he did. Yeah. Have you ever been knocked out? The closest was that first uh professional fight where I was had that lapse in memory yeah and was stumbled but I'd never been knocked unconscious really and I mean I've had concussions from football too where like I remember at football camp one time because I played fullback and linebacker so yeah. every play was a full speed sprint into somebody like and coaches at the time taught dumb things like to hit with your head yes hit with the top <laughs> of your head I remember this yeah it's like I remember they would say hat and hands as in like hit them with your head under the chin and then hit them with your hands right after mm. like up under the chest. Yeah. And that was like how we were supposed to engage people. Yeah. And but, break uh, your neck. All but I remember I, I, I had like engaged, I was at linebacker and I, and I blitzed and I think I got the tackle, mm -hmm. but I think we hit head to head and like it rocked me in some way. Okay. And I don't remember what happened immediately after, but then I remember we were all of a sudden like several plays later and like, a different position on the field <laughs> and i'm like what's going on right now oh we're in a scrimmage still like yeah we're here and then i just kept playing but i just remember that it was just that lapse in like time like yeah. all of a sudden so i also had thing. that happen one time when i wrestled in high school my senior year of high school in our state tournament i injured my knee in a match in the semifinals and at this and then i kept wrestling on it mm -hmm. but i remember after my knee was already hurt i got picked up and slammed on my head pretty bad and then in between that match and my next one, I was warming up and I had like an hour before the match or something like that. Yeah. And then all of a sudden my coach runs up to me and was like, they've been calling your name for the last 15 minutes. Like you're about to get your match canceled. And I was like, what happened? What? Like I had an hour, but that time just disappeared because I was concussed. Oh, geez. And I just, and I went and wrestled and lost because one, I was concussed Two, I could barely stand on one leg because I hurt my knee. Yeah. So it was all bad.
but yeah concussions are it's a weird thing a weird thing for sure i've i got knocked out in practice one time wearing headgear and with shin guards and the guy kicked me in the head and knocked me out cold it's the first time i've ever been knocked out and i think it's the only time i've ever been knocked out and it's such a weird feeling because it's like it's like waking up like from a scary dream you ever have a dream where you're like you're you feel like you have no control but then you wake up and you're like okay i'm good yeah it was like that like really weird and then so i'm like i just remember like i don't remember the kick i was wearing uh i have like some headgear that i was like testing out and it's got like the nose guard for boxing if you're if you're a kid and you're listening to this don't ever wear that for mma sparring because you cannot see anything that comes underneath the waist and if you know anything about the human body the foot is underneath the waist so like i just took a kick right to the head didn't block it and uh i just woke up and they were taking my gloves off i'm like what the hell happened They're like oh yeah you, you got knocked out and i remember just being like shoot and i went up to the guy I'm like oh yeah good job you know whatever and then I just remember being like, why is he kicking me so damn hard with freaking, like, in practice? Yeah. And, like, he had to have kicked me so hard through my headgear and his shin guards. Like, he must have just, like, like whipped it at me. What a dick. I was yeah. so pissed. It's tough. Because, like, sometimes, I mean, those knockouts happen from just hitting the right spot. But I feel yeah. like you still have to apply a decent amount of force. Yeah. Harder than I would go in sparring. Right. Yeah, I would I would I don't think I would. I find myself always pulling back on my shots and sparring, honestly, because yeah. I don't want to be the guy knocking people out at the gym. Yeah. Like I every once in a while I'll use cause my powers, my power and my wrestling, because you know, obviously still newer to MMA. Uh not new, but newer. And so it's not like I'm as elite of a striker. But every once in a while, you know, somebody will will hit you hard and you have to hit them back as hard or like a little bit harder just to either give them the message that we're going to now fight or hey you need to tone it down you know like there's a there's a couple messages that you can send with hitting like smoking somebody in the face after they hit you yeah and you know so I've had to do that but I don't think that I've ever I don't think I've ever even come close to knocking someone out and I remember we were doing kickboxing sparring and I was like this guy like if we were doing MMA sparring I would have taken him down and like choked him out but he took advantage of the fact that we we're doing kickboxing sparring it just it made me so mad it's like why are you knocking me out in practice yeah that would make me mad too i mean i've had a couple people tell me i slightly rocked them before yeah but i think it was mainly because i hit them in a good spot and mm -hmm. not because i was like throwing full power yeah but like me and geo were sparring right before my last fight mm -hmm. and it was like my last hard spar before uh the fight yeah and we it was like the fifth round of uh my second time sparring that day so i did like yeah. over 10 rounds that day basically oh geez yeah so you did pro and then i did AMI? pro and i came back and sparred with the amateurs too gotcha and geo and i in the fifth round we're both so damn tired we just weren't really moving and you've seen uh have you seen don fry and i forget the japanese guy's name that he fought i think it was japanese or korean and they were oh, like yeah. holding each other by the back of the head and just hitting each yes. other yes that looked like a hockey geo fight at the end of yes. our fifth round it looked like a sparring. hockey fight exactly yeah that was me and him at the end of our fifth round of sparring. We just clinched up and we're just, just, <laughs> and I think, and he said afterwards that he felt rocked from it. But like, yeah, that was, I haven't really had that anyone tell me I've like almost knocked them out really. And I know I'm capable of it. I've done it in fights. Yeah. But I just don't attempt to do that. Yeah. As a yeah. practice partner, I don't know if I want that to be my reputation. Yeah. I've landed some clean head kicks before too. And like, 
if I feel them leaning into it and not blocking that, yeah, I slow it down and maybe just barely tap them. Yeah. You know, like you, I think you should have good control of your weapons. You should have good control right. of your arms and legs and right. be able to pull over your punches or pull your kicks when you're yeah. going to land clean on your sparring partner. Cause yeah, like, yeah, they need to be hit sometimes, but right. like they don't need to be knocked out. Yeah. I think we have yeah. a certain amount of mileage like to that yes. our bodies can take yes and a certain amount of concussions we can right. have before we start just having no turn right. anymore right and i don't want to waste mine in practice exactly well you you see some of these guys that you know you can you can date back their you know when their career started going downhill and it was like usually a knockout or you know something along those lines and it's like is that what happened or is it a culmination of the fact that you know they sparred you know, a hundred times and maybe took like 10 shots like that over that time. And, and I'm not saying you shouldn't spar and I'm not saying you shouldn't spar hard, but there's a difference between sparring hard and like testing your chin, which I don't think that you should, I mean, cause you can throw fast and pull it back right at the end and not hurt somebody, but you're still getting an accurate indication of how fast that punch is going to land. Like where it's going to land, if it would land, you know, if you're going like this, you know, real slow and methodical, obviously that's not going to land. But if you go and then, you know, if you go fast and then pull it right at the end, like, you know, it's going to land, right? It's almost like a moral victory. I don't know. I think some, some people like get into this, like now, granted, if somebody hits you hard in practice, it's like, okay, well, every once in a while, you've got to just, you've got to go at it and you got to test yourself a little bit. But I think sometimes, you know, your conditioning should come from, other aspects of the sport, you know, your wrestling part of sparring, your wrestling and wrestling, your jujitsu, you know, your pad work, like your bag work, like some of the other things that you do, you know, if you want to dig at the body, I, I don't know if throwing at the face in practice, and I could be wrong. I mean, I know guys that do it both ways, right. And they're successful, but I, I don't know if like testing your chin in practice is the best way to get as good at the sport as possible, or at least have the longevity. Maybe it's good for like three years, but then your chin's gone and you can't, you know, you can't do anything after that because you can't take a shot by the time it's time for you to, you know, make the big show or whatever, you know? Yeah, I agree. I think if you want to feel what it's like to hit someone with your full power, like save it for a fight or yeah. get it out on the bag. I hit the bag all the time. And like, that's how I know I can hit powerfully. Like, that's yeah. how I learn how to use my power. I don't learn how to use my power when I'm sparring. Right. I learn how to be accurate in my sparring and how to be defensively smart in my sparring. But when I'm working my power, it's on the bag. Yeah. And, like, I don't even think body shots and leg kicks and stuff, like, should be full blast and sparring. Yeah. Some people yeah. think, like, oh, 100% on the body and legs and, like, 70% on the head or something. But, right. like. Then you can't walk. Yeah. If I get, I've got, I've got kicked in the sternum before so bad that, like, I felt it for weeks. Yeah. I've had that too. And, like, I've, or I've gotten kicked in the leg so bad that, like, I couldn't really train the rest of the week. Because right. I can barely walk. Right. Like. That's not going to be benefit me. Right. Like, yeah. yeah. So well, I don't yeah. think, I think some people, you know, take those things way too far than they should. Well, and I think there's a difference between getting to a point where you're tired versus getting to a point where you're like compromised and hurt, mm -hmm. you know? And I think some guys, and again, there's different takes on this. And, you know, there's probably guys that are world champions that completely think we're shooting out of our ass and there's probably guys that are world champions that think yeah they they're onto something you know like there's just different there's multiple ways to skin a cat especially in mma you know like we we have teammates with strickland and he's spar every day like he, he's 
you know, go hard once a day. Like that's his yeah. motto. It's I mean, like, it's hard to argue with his results for right, sure, but then right. there's people that have those results that don't do that. So yeah. Well, that's what I'm saying is like, there's other guys like, like Francis, who's a world champion and he doesn't spar as hard every day. Yeah. No. Well, and if Francis hit people as hard as he could, he wouldn't have any sparring partners. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like bottom line or friends. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But like, and that's the thing is it's like, there is multiple ways to skin a cat and you know, you, uh, you see like some guys that they don't even spar at all. Like I think Max Holloway like made it famous, like his last few fights, I don't even think he even sparred. Or was it Max Holloway that said yeah, that? Yeah, Max Holloway. But then I also heard conflicting things. I heard he does spar. He just doesn't spar hard anymore. Okay. Yeah. But then And then they also, guys, like, I, I hear a lot of, pe like, people that fight Muay Thai in Thailand, like, don't spar hard. Yeah. But they fight every week. Right. But when they're sparring, it's like flow sparring. Mm. But they have a lot of fights. So that's oh. how they get that out, yeah. you know? Well, but you got to think, too, with, like, MMA is probably the one sport in boxing too, where you have to sacrifice how good you can be for the longevity of your career. Because if you go in and spar hard every day, I, I think you will get better. I think you'll get as good as you possibly can, but your shelf life is going to be very limited and you won't get as good as you possibly can to build up those skills for, you know, 10 or 15 years, as opposed to like, you maybe get it for three because you're compromising your body every day in the practice. You know what I mean? Yeah, no, I agree. I do think uh, getting that hard sparring in, I mean, yeah, it replicates the fight. Yeah. The, the, close, the closer you can get to the actual event, the better you will perform in that actual event. Yeah. But you can't keep it up all the time because your body just won't hold up. Yeah. Bottom you line, like, yeah, yeah. just your body, you, you have a certain amount of damage you can take probably over your lifetime. Right. And especially when you're doing it back to back to back to back to back and not recovering. Right, right. Like, it's not sustainable. So yeah. it's about training as hard as you can, but also finding that sustainability yeah. so you can do it for a long period of time. Right. Yeah, because, I mean, you see a guy after a 25-minute fight. Very few guys have the physical ability to go train the next day after a 25-minute fight. You know, yeah. one, you're exhausted. Your body's beat up. You know, like the exhaustion level is is not even the worst part. It's like how badly your body's beat up. You know, your leg's jacked up. Your knees are hurt. You know, your fate, you've got a black eye. Like, your neck's killing you, your wrists are all, like, your hands are all messed up. Like, you can't, so not only, like, if you, let's say you do that once a week, you know, now you're not able to train or you're going to compromise your body, like, you're going to tear your knee because your your quad is not bearing as much weight as it should be, like, whatever it is, you know, like, something's going to happen in practice, and then you're going to be out, and now it's like, was it worth it to miss those two weeks of training? You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, I only fought for three minutes this last fight, and I couldn't really train this week because I split my lip and got stitches. Right. Like, I literally hit the heavy bag yesterday, and I think that was too much. I started to burst my stitches apart. Oh, really? From the impact of me hitting the bag, my lip started bleeding. Oh, geez. Yeah. So I had to tone it down a little bit. Oh, gosh. That's yeah. crazy. So I, but I, in my head, I was thinking when I say said no contact, I'm like, okay, so I can't spar. Right. I can't really grapple until it heals up because I don't want to get a headbutt or something in the lip. Right, right. I didn't realize the vibration of me hitting the bag was going to split your lip. Split my lip more. Oh, shoot. That's yeah. crazy. That's nuts. I've never even heard of that. Do you wear a mouthpiece when you hit the bag or do you have to? I usually do. Yeah. Yeah. Just me. I mainly wear it to replicate, like in a fight, I'm breathing with my mouthpiece. So, like, oh, that's a good I point. mainly wear it for that reason. Okay. And, like, I was wearing it and, like, 
it wasn't like terribly bad, but it did just start to bleed a little bit after really? like doing several rounds on the bag. Yeah. And I realized I needed to tone down the the impact a little bit. Gotcha. Well, Trent, I got to let you go here, man. But do you, uh, first of all, thank you so much for coming on. Sorry, we got a little bit flustered with all the equipment BS that went on. But uh, do you have any final thoughts? Anything you want to tell the audience? Uh, I just want to say thanks for having me on, Christian. And uh, for anyone listening, give me a follow to watch my MMA journey on Instagram at Trent Miller underscore MMA. Yeah. And uh, also look up Trent Miller MMA on YouTube. Watch my amateur fight I got posted on there. It's a great fight. You won't regret watching it. And, uh, you won't regret watching it. I'm definitely going to start posting some content on there too. So be on yeah. the lookout for that. Yeah. And let me know because obviously, you you know, you've seen the equipment I have. It's not much, but, you know, I can help you out too. And if you, you know, if you're ever wanting to do like coaching videos or, you know, audio and stuff and you want to use this space, let me know too because I can help out. That'd be awesome. So awesome, brother. Appreciate you, man. Yeah. Thank you for having me. Yeah. Thank you for coming.